audiobooks.com. Get started today with a 30-day free trial and get your first audiobooks for free. Access a premium library of more than 300,000 books, plus 10,000 plus free audiobooks. Link is in the description. My phone clattered against the Oakwood nightstand, stirring me just enough to wake me from my nightmares. I picked it up weakly, slapping my fingers down on the red button to shut off the alarm. As much as I wanted to pull the covers back over my body and succumb to my sleepiness, no matter what dreams awaited me, I knew it wouldn't be possible. I had to get myself dressed, fed, showered, and out the door by 6.30 if I wanted to make it to school on time. Following the death of my parents, I moved to a new school district and into my own apartment, mostly to get away from the soul-crushing emptiness that filled me in my hometown. With my family gone, that place no longer holds meaning to me. I was a senior in high school and had just turned 18, so it was legal for me to live on my own. My grandparents graciously paid for rent, food, and bills, not wanting to have me worry about finances while I was focusing on my studies. I wasn't exactly popular at my old school, and as such, well, I didn't have any friends. To me, going to a new school was akin to starting a part-time job. I hoped it would go well, but I didn't have a lot of emotional investment in it. If it went badly, well, I'd be done after a year and never return. If it went well... Then I would leave high school with at least a few good memories. Either outcome was fine with me. I wolfed down a couple of peanut butter sandwiches for breakfast. The gummy, gooey spread nearly suffocating me until I washed it down with lukewarm tap water. I showered in the cracked, hair-laced tub, running my hands through my slimy, climbed-up, glass-like hair with a fistful of shampoo carefully trying not to aggravate the near concussion I took from the fall the night before. I didn't bother shaving, but I still made sure my face was clean at least. I looked at the scarred dots on my face, the remnants of pimples popped before their time. A few more were on their way, brown and rocky, sore to the touch, and it would be days before they could be busted open. I dried my hair with my hair dryer that smelt of burnt steel and had a rotor rattled as it spun. Then I put on a gray shirt, still warm from the dryer, and nylon shorts too big for my waist. I would go to school via my skateboard. It was only a mile and a half away, and skating distract me from the images of my parents' crumbled SUV. As I strapped on my helmet, I winced as the foam pressed against the tender lump on the back of my head. Again, I had taken a nasty fall on my way home from dinner the night before. My board caught a curb with its front wheels, flinging me off and smacking my head on a solid brick wall. Now, of course, this was the night I would forget to bring my helmet. Now, the pain was more than uncomfortable, but it wasn't excruciating. It was like a bad headache, concentrated around just a few inches, and only noticeable when I put a hand to it which I, for whatever reason, was always compelled to do so. The campus was average size for a high school. The main building was about the size of a large hardware store. 
three stories tall, made entirely of brick, with ornate arches of brick, glass, and wood for each entrance and exit around the exterior. Each side was filled with dozens of windows. Some were small rectangles to light up classrooms, while others were extravagant circles to brighten entire hallways. The school was fairly new, only opening about ten years prior, so the design was still fairly modern compared to other learning centers. Behind the building was a sort of a cliff that would take you to the football, soccer, and baseball fields. Walk down a long path into the woods, and you would find the tennis courts. Cars lined up for nearly a mile around the campus. Buses rolled into the huge front side parking lot, their engines idling at a high pitch like a vacuum cleaner, and the doors hissing as they slid open to let out students who would be hyperactive, falling asleep, excited, depressed, or were more than one of those at the same time. I went into the side entrance, flipping my skateboard into my hand and stashing both it and my helmet into my backpack. I would have to get a locker soon so I could make space for my textbooks. I took out the one folder I had brought with me and pulled out my daily schedule to find my first class. There were flyers on the walls with the phrase, Do it for Dune, and a teenage boy's yearbook photo placed in the center. He looked no older than me, a long neck that matched his lanky build, a buzz cut, lightly tanned skin, a warm smile, and silver piercings in his earlobes. Below his mug read two dates, 2002 to 2019. This had been a student of the school who is now dead, and he must have been liked well enough for people to honor him like this. Some of the students wore t-shirts that matched the flyers, white with Dune's face plastered underneath the same words, do it for Dune. Clearly, the student's death had a profound effect on the school's culture, as most student deaths do. The hallways were filled to the brim with students and teachers and staff talking amongst themselves. The floors were linoleum, like in most schools, and white with a bluish hue. Shiny, but still fogged enough to reflect only light and not faces. The walls were made of thickly painted cinder blocks, pearl with blue stripes, and the ceiling was the standard black speckled gray panels made for insulation and not much else. The lockers were like drawers turned sideways, big enough for maybe a handful of books and a coat. This way, they could fit two rows of them for each section squeezing thousands of lockers into a space of about 500 square feet. Now, I spoke to no one and looked at no one as I made my way to my first period, which was on the second floor. As I walked past all my fellow classmates, some missed bumping into me by inches, seemingly not paying attention to where they were walking. One boy nearly collided with me as he walked in the opposite direction, only avoiding me when I squeezed between him and the wall. It was like nobody knew I was there, which I found confusing and more than a little insulting. Some welcome this was. I walked into my first class of the day, advanced composition and literature, and took a seat in the back corner of the room. My seat was pale brown, plastics chair backrest cracked, and the metal strands rusted and littered with jagged edges. 
The classroom was the size of a standard lounge room, with two dozen seats put into rows of three along the walls, leaving an aisle in the center for the teacher to lecture us. She was a gentle, older woman, her skin sagging slightly in her cheeks, her hair obviously artificially blonde by the occasional silver lock, and she spoke in a high-pitched, upbeat tune. After a short introduction, she went through the class roster, stuttering on some of the foreign-sounding names that were kindly corrected by the student who bore them. My last name begins with a Y, so I would be, as usual, the last one to be called on. When she said my name, I raised my hand and let out a meek, Here. She called my name once again, and I raised my hand higher and spoke a bit louder, thinking she hadn't heard me. She looked in my direction, but never seemed to lock eyes with me, like there was something behind me. Giving up, she marked me as absent. Again, I called out to her, practically begging her to notice me, my hands waving and my voice louder than it had ever been in a classroom, which to everyone else would probably just sound like a normal speaking voice. Along with the teacher, I wasn't noticed by any of my classmates. They continued looking at their phones, books, the desk, or the teacher. Exasperated, I let my hands fall onto the desk with a bang. The class was uneventful. The teacher going over the expectations she had for her students, having them mark on the syllabus she deemed important, and making the class participate in some icebreaker exercises. They would introduce themselves, say why they took the class, what they wanted to major in when they go to college. Nothing you haven't done on your first day of school. After 45 minutes, the bell rang, and it was off to the next period. Now, I didn't bother talking to the teacher, as I knew she would just ignore me like she had done earlier. My guess was that this was some sort of prank they played on new students, that you had to make them second-guess their own existence or something like that. Bizarre and somewhat sick prank, but a prank nonetheless. I went to my pre-calculus class on the third floor. Once again, I was marked absent when the teacher didn't see my hand flailing or hear my frustrated responses. This was starting to wear me down, which I suppose is the point of a prank like this. I gave up after that, even attempting to leave halfway through the class to see if that would end the charade. But no one even glanced up as I walked down the center aisle and out the door. I sat around playing on my phone until the next period began, and that period going just like the last one. I made another attempt to ruin their little game by picking up a pencil and hurling it at the whiteboard, missing the teacher by just a few inches. It bounced off with a crack and landed on the thin carpeting. The teacher continued speaking, completely unfazed, and not a single student looked up from their note-taking. Interestingly, when I looked back at the pencil I'd thrown, it was no longer on the floor. I'd only looked away for a moment, and now it was gone. I figured someone picked it up to make it their own, and decided that I would catch up on some sleep for the remainder of the period. Now I decided to show up late for my fourth class. Not like anyone cared. I waited until the bell rang to start fourth period before I would jog down the spiral staircase to the first floor. Along the way, I came across the first person who appeared to notice me. 
He was tall and wore a black shirt. His hair was matted and crusted, like he hadn't washed out the shampoo during his shower. His eyes looked into mine as he walked up the stairs, and I looked into his. We said nothing and continued walking. And this is when I thought I wasn't going crazy, that this is really some weird prank they'd play on new students. As I walked down the hallway, I saw another Do It For Dune poster, and I realized how much he looked like the boy I'd just seen, as he too was tall and lanky, lightly tanned, and had similar chrome buds stamped into his earlobes. Their faces were both clean-shaven and their jawlines pushed out. The only differences could be seen in their hair. Dune was a brownish blonde and shaved into a buzz cut. The sides trimmed down and the hair on top following the curvature of the skull. The other boy's mane was long and looked terribly unhealthy. I walked into the class nearly five minutes late, not that anyone noticed, and found that all the seats were taken. I made a spot at the back of the room on the floor and waited for those 45 minutes to pass once again. Another Do It For Dune poster was on a nearby wall. And for the entire class, I stared at it, trying to remember what that boy had looked like, trying to place the two together. As I laid my head back on the wall, I felt a wound from last night sear with pain, stabbing deep into my skull, tender to the touch. It hurt nearly as much as it did when I fell, like I wasn't healing or something. When the bell rang for lunch, I stood back up and walked out the door after everyone else, and when I went down the hallway, a large male teacher, not looking where he was going, was heading my way. Now this game had gone on long enough. It was time to put an end to it. I walked opposite of him, meaning he would have to walk around me or risk a collision. He didn't budge, continuing to look through some of the envelopes. I prepared myself for the coming blow, and while it wouldn't feel great, it would at least tell me what was going on. The gap between us came to nothing, and he walked straight through me. I stopped in my tracks, my heart stopped, and I fell to my knees. The students in my lane also phased through my body. I was nothing more than a hologram that only I saw and heard all except for one boy who walked up and held out his hand. I looked up and saw white frosted hair and a plain black shirt. I grabbed the soggy, lukewarm hand and was pulled to my feet. The boy who saw me before had found me again. He smiled at me and clapped a hand on my shoulder. Thought I was the only one here. First day? I nodded quickly, my heart in my throat. <laughs> You'll get used to it, bro. Hey, sorry about the hair. I had a rough day at the lake a while back. Anyways, I gotta get going. See you around. I grabbed his shirt as he turned to leave and blurted out, Hey! He turned around with the same soft grin, his thumbs tucked into his pockets. I knew what I had to ask, even though I knew the answer already. What's your name? He stuck out his hand. Name's Andrew, but you can call me Dune. My breathing stopped as I slowly shook his hand. 
He awkwardly turned to leave as I sat against the wall and slid onto the floor. My head rubbed against the cinder blocks, and the burning on my head came back. I put a hand to it and knew that it was the very thing that had taken me here. Dune was dead and buried, and I was too.